All right, well, are we ready? We are. Okay. And welcome to another episode of Geek Anthology. I am your host, Neil Cordray. I am joined this week by... The One True Ben. And that's it. Mike's moving and Wookiee is still on hiatus. We're still looking for the lost Wookiee. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, you know, anyone else who's interested in being the podcast, I guess. We Email guess. me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, da 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 So I... Failed to live up to my promise of putting up a top ten last week. Sorry. You have failed this podcast. There's an error with your name on it. I've failed this podcast so many times, Ben. <laughs> but the problem is, since I'm the since I'm the lead content monkey of the podcast, I have to punish myself, and I'm never going to get around to that. <laughs> oh, Too <man>. lazy. <laughs> yeah, not your thing. Not your bag, baby. Yeah. Um... I'll try and maybe make something up to people who cared about it at some point. Um, but this week, we're going to talk about Luke Cage. Season right. 2. Because he's not here to defend... Oh, wait. Different kind of... Um, but so, first... Yeah, standard, standard rules apply. No spoilers. Followed by spoilers. But first, this week in Geek, followed by the spoiler of the week. Brought oh, to you by Arby's. Uh, <laughs> not really, but... Brought to you by the letter S. Uh, I don't think H. that's on my list this week. I'll have to double check. Because there is actually a method to my madness in the numbers and letters. Yeah, sure. And that is the biggest hint I've ever given. Um, so. So. This Week in Geek. This Week in Geek. Uh, so let's start with who died this week. Yeah, the bad news first. Uh, Steve Ditko died. Yeah. That is. That is the past. That's a loss. Yeah. yeah. Steve Ditko, who on a lark evidently created Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Stan Lee had some very touching things to say about him, apparently. I haven't seen it, but seeing as how much they work together, even though Steve stole a lot of well, even though Stan stole a lot of Steve's stuff. Yeah, but you know, Stan Lee still a classy dude. It's hard to see Matt. Hard to imagine anything not legendary coming out of that man's mouth when, Indeed. You, talk, when you talk about people he likes. But yeah, I, I would still think think that they probably considered each other friends. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, Steve Ditko did a lot huh. of We're not going to see... Unless people are emulating it, we're not likely to see uh, Ditko dots anymore. <laughs> yeah. You familiar with the Ditko dot? You probably are. The... The, the Ditko's art style was, was such that, like... Frequently, when things were powering up, there were a lot of little dots of energy mm. all around things. Right. Okay. The little <laughs> because that indicated that things were powerful. <laughs> right. The little dots. Of, you know, I think they were called well, Ditko dots. Now I'm now I gotta double check. But yeah, um, Ditko lines. So yeah, he would deserve his own episode. Yep. And Ditko dots. I'm sorry, no, it's Kirby Dots and uh, Ditko Sparkles. Uh, that's, Ditko Sparkles. Yeah, it was, it was Jack Kirby who did the, who did the Dots. Right. Sorry. So, but yeah. Man, the Ditko, Kirby, any of them would deserve their own, their own entire episode. Yeah, but also from someone who's more educated than, than the, uh, on that than subject us. than us, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, so let's see here. Um, um, what else going on? In the world? Uh, let's see. We shared a few things in the Facebook group that are worth also mentioning. Um, mm. There is an announced... Yeah. Um, they have new casting announcements for Spider-Man Far From Home. Cool. Um, is that, so that's the, that's the sequel to Homecoming, is it? Yes. So the next one would be on the, would, would be... On the road again? <laughs> Camping uh, out? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's our homecoming and then far from home. How much farther away can you get? Mm-hmm. You know, moving into a new apartment. You know? yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider- Spider-Man moving on up. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man 4, you know. In Spider-Man 4 evicted. Uh. <laughs> oh, that's not... that. That's mean. Um... So uh, we got a new we got a director on board for uh, the Scarlett Scar Johansson uh, Black Widow movie Black Widow movie and evidently she backed out of a movie over the fan backlash. Uh, where That's not we, good. Well, she, where she was playing a a uh, oh, well. female to male transsexual. Okay. Well, okay. There, I can at least like. Too often these days, I associate fan backlash with bad things, like yeah, like you know, scaring people off of Instagram because you didn't like them in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, By the way, I will go back. I will go on record again as saying, if you took place in that, fuck you. Yeah, man, babies. Um, but anyways, um, but yeah, they've got a director for uh, the Black Widow movie. Um, they have announced that there has been announced a uh, uh, Neil Blumenkamp uh, is apparently going to be is going to be directing RoboCop Returns for MGM, which is going to be set as a sequel to the original RoboCop, uh, and completely ignoring RoboCop two and three. Thank God. I kind of liked RoboCop two. two. Two was okay. Two was okay. Three really jumped the shark. Yeah, whenever RoboCop got jetpacks. Yeah. That was, um, kind of, that was kind of cool in the 80s, but still jumping the shark. There's going to be an October release of uh, of more episodes of the Netflix Castlevania show, so we'll probably do an episode on that, because that was the, the three episodes that they released for damn good. <laughs> yeah, my God. Um, I'm looking forward to watching that. Right. Plus, it'll fit in an October theme of talking about Things. spooky stuff. Right. Um, so what else? Mark Hamill shaved his beard. Ah, yes. Mark Hamill shaved his beard. That's important. Um, and let's see what else. Um, but, 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 uh, did we have anything else? else? I thought we mentioned something else. Um, this is what we get for not having Mike with us to take notes. Mike, yeah, Mike, who is who we can never thank enough for. Uh, <laughs> No taking, and he's always on top of the weekend geek for keeping us organized, right? Um, let's see. I learned oh. how to pick locks. Yeah, um, I apparently have forgotten how to pick locks. Yes, I have become the apocalypse. I am now the scariest person I know. <sighs> well, come the apocalypse, I know how to pick locks. It's going to be with a crowbar. Um, or gun. Yeah, I've always told you that my my. Melee weapon of choice, although you wouldn't want to use a melee weapon come the, come the apocalypse. But the the thing that I would carry around and rever- and resort to if I needed a melee weapon would be a five fo- would be a, a four to five foot long crowbar. 
Those, those big, heavy steel motherfuckers, because you can do everything with it. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, a uh, 18-inch crowbar. Yeah. Uh, basically a salvage bar in my, uh, in my go pack. They're useful things. Mm-hmm. Along with my hatchet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in any case, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, I think we're out of this week in geek stuff, and apparently my air conditioner kicked on again. That's okay. You'll just have to put up with the noise because I don't want to put up with the heat. Yeah, because it's hot in Springfield. And and uh, so spoiler of the week. Um, <laughs> that was well done. Yeah. <laughs> Misty Knight gets a robot arm. Yes. That's not much of a. Sp- I mean, that's, I think, actually the second spoileriest spoiler of the week we've ever actually had. Considering that she always had one in the comics. Well, yes, but it's still, like, if you haven't read the comics, if then you might be surprised by this. True, if all you've watched is The Defenders, it's too bad. Eh, um, the Defenders wasn't a bad show. No, no, no I'm saying if all you've watched is The Defenders, then, yeah, look at all you're missing out on. Yeah. You're missing out. You know, sad, feel sad for you. Um, Check things out. Also, if you've only ever watched The Defenders, why are you listening to an episode about the second season of Luke Cage? Go away. <laughs> well, no. Stay. But but still, like, educate yourself afterwards, please. Yeah. Or educate yourself, then come back. Mm-hmm. Check so, um, non-spoiler review. I, th- I honestly feel like this actually, this season was maybe a little bit better. Um, it um, was more refined. Yes. Um, it, it, it built on... Because it didn't have to build the entire... Yeah, you didn't have to establish, okay, this is Luke Cage, he has bulletproof skin. No, it's just like, okay, sup, I'm Luke Cage. Right? Um, sup, y'all? You didn't, have, you didn't have to have three episodes of him not... In prison? Well, yeah, well, three episodes of him making up his mind as to whether or not he wanted to go out and superhero. Yeah, no, that was kind of the opposite this time. Um... We get to see the return of Mariah, a.k.a. Black Mariah, Shades, who is in top form. Man, Shades is always great. And I gotta say, I really liked, uh, I really liked Bushmaster. Bushmaster was very, very convincing um, as a, as a concept Mm -hmm. and as a character. Yeah. You almost, you know... Because there, there were points even where Luke was like, what the fuck am I doing, you know, standing up? Yeah, why am I fighting you? Why am I fi- Yeah, <laughs> even Bush, it was one of the few times when the villain says, we're not so different, you and I, that I was going, you know, you're right. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> you really are. I'm, I, I am not quite sure how I felt about the uh, the Jamaican dialect speaking, because I, I don't know how accurate that is. Um, I would assume that they... that. Hopefully it is. They were... Uh, everything they've done so far, uh, and, you know, from what I've seen... First of all, let's let's look at it this way. What have we not heard? Any protests from the Jamaican community. That's true. Um, because, because, believe you know, it, this is the thing about... This, this is the thing about Luke, the Luke Cage production team. Uh, and something Netflix has always gotten right. If there is a cultural representation in there, they're gonna get it right. So uh, far, yeah. I mean, they've so yeah, and, and I'm willing to give them the you know not the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to give them the you know the uh, 
the good faith that they're that they're going to continue to do so, especially the the, key, the team on Luke Cage. Um, and and here's here's why I also, without even seeing any backlash from the Jamaican community or any you know from anyone, um, the fact that I learned I had to add that dialect, you know. Um, I had to, you know, kind of adapt as I went along and figure out what, how the dialect went, as opposed to just, you know, it hitting such a stereotype that, you know, that, yeah, this is how white people think uh, Jamaicans talk, you know, because um, absent to me were the conspicuous mon, you know, and, and the ganja references and all that shit. Well, there was a little bit of ganja references because they needed actual ganja. <laughs> but it wasn't like it was used in it was used in damn religious ceremonies. Well, yeah, it was used in proper context, mm -hmm. not just because Jamaican, um, you know. And the other thing about it is they got the dialect so perfect that it sounded beautiful. It did. You know, it sounded like, and by beautiful, I mean not lyrical to my to my ears. It sounded, it lived in. You know, it sounded natural. It's like this is this is people. This is the people talking. This is what I would expect to hear from. You know, if I was in the Ozarks talking to somebody, I'd be. You know, I would I would expect to hear something of similar. Um, you know, similar na uh, nature, and mm -hmm. you know, it just flowed. And it's like, you know, instead of using his, it was I did his. A, I'm tired of hearing him name. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of and, us, it was we. You know, they. You know, they yeah. already turned on we. Um, and it just, it just the way that. It was at the very least very distinctive. Yeah, it was the thing that I was worried about, and my fears have been, especially now with a quick Google search, completely uh, dissipated. Was that perhaps it was too much? Because mm -hmm. that it felt like it a little like it was a little bit too much to me. Right. But then I just did a Google search of complaints about Luke Cage season two, mm -hmm. and there are and there are relatively few. Uh, complaining about the portrayal of of, of the of the uh, Jamaicans. Mm -hmm. There are a few, but I noticed that at least one was definitely written by a guy who, at the very least, had a very white name. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it seemed more like virtue signaling than anything else. Like I am upset because it's racist against a race I'm not part of. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Someone ought to be upset. This is the internet! Right? Why am I not internet? Why am I, yeah. But the other thing that they did with this, and, and this was like, this is another strength of the Luke Cage series, is that it has very distinctive settings mm -hmm. that have meaning. The barbershop. Notice nothing ever happened violently at the barbershop. And in slightly spoilery, there were confrontations between both sides 
but at the barber shop, no violence. Yep. Um, and they actually—that's not back. true. There was a fist bump at one point. That's fists. Yeah, fists, but not fists meaning faces. <laughs> um, but you know, but but that because the barber shop was always Switzerland. It's always Switzerland, yeah. And, and that comes into play later on. But then also, the the uh, what they call it the roost at uh, Harlem's Paradise, mm-hmm. not the office, but that but that little that thing room. where they where they stand up and, yeah. and and lean over the balcony and listen to things, but not through the window. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that was the throne. It's the VIP Harlem. box. Yeah, yeah, and then you know you've got you've got the cop shop. You know everything happened in that one little office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so much of it um, was, and then you know, in, in Jamaica, or in Little Jamaica, yeah, uh, Little Jamaica, in, yeah. yeah, Little Jamaica. Um, yes, I had in my head was like, I've dropped an entire syllable. Um, in Little Jamaica, you know, you had the restaurant. Yep, which a Nazi's restaurant. A Nazi, yeah, which was to me one of the most beautifully done sets. And you had uh, Mother's Touch, too. You had Mother's Touch, which was another well-done set, but it was a little confusing. Uh, there were parts of it we didn't see. People kept coming in and out of. Like, there was a back way in and out. Yeah, back way in and out. We didn't see that. I wanted, wanted to see that. Um, but, and I'm trying to think if there was another location in there, but those were the big ones. Yeah. You know. Um, you know so you had... You have landmarks, places to go. Yep. You know, in, in your in, in the series that you knew what they were, why they were there, and why they were important. And they they were like, you know, the throne of Harlem, etc. Right. Sorry, I'm trying to find a thing. As evidenced by my looking around. Trying to find a thing. Yep. It's not here. I think it must be in my room. Oh, well. We'll worry about it later. Okay. Um... So not too many new actors um, in the thing. Uh, new villain, Bushmaster, which Bushmaster. we said he was really good. Yeah, and um, it's hard to actually see him as a villain. Yeah, and they ha- and and his supporting cast were all pretty darn good too. They were great. Yeah, uh, his supporting cast, um, because through it all, a lot of them were like, "You shouldn't be doing this." It's like, dude, you you've already won. Why do you insist on keep... Why do you keep going? Yeah, why do you insist on this Pyrrhic symbol, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, uh... Because, yeah, that's a bit of a spoiler, but yeah, Bushmaster won, like, three times. Yeah. But he just kept going because he hadn't won everything. He hadn't won that one particular thing. Yeah. And, you know, um... And, I mean, even early on in the, even early on in the, in the series, we know that it's basically he wants Mariah to burn. Yep. And, um, but yeah, we, we get to, and then there's the whole thing with the Stokes, uh, Moriah Stokes. Yeah. Moriah Stokes. Uh, yeah. Until she finally picks it up. It's like, (laughs) yeah. Okay. If you're going to cast me in that role, fuck yeah. That is another thing about this is they keep hammering it, keep hammering it. And finally she takes up the mantle. And okay. suddenly, you know, oh my God, you you know, she wasn't this until you made her this. Yep. And then suddenly it's like, oh my God, uh, you, you know, it's alive! You know, um, 
But yeah, that goes, that gets into spoiler territory. Very um, much so. Yes. Yeah. But we see a return a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, the Luke Cage supporting characters. Uh, we see Misty Knight throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Her arc continues. Yep. We see a little bit of Colleen Wing. Uh, we not, see not a huge amount, but a little bit. And we see one full episode with Danny Rand. Yep, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, we're gonna gush over that episode. <laughs> um, I was gonna try and keep it uh, keep it subdued, but yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah, it was, it was one of the best. <laughs> one of the best in there. Um, and then we see um, we even still see Turk. Yeah. Well, no. At this point. The, uh, at this point, Spot the Turk is like Spot the Misty, uh, in, in, uh... Yeah. Turk, I I feel like... It's it's like Spot Claire Temple. We also see... Yeah, Claire Temple, not Misty, sorry. Yeah, Um, Spot spot the Night Nurse. Yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to, uh, I'm beginning to wonder if perhaps... The guy who played Turk managed to, uh, has a really good contract. Be right. like, I, I have to get at least one cameo in everything. <laughs> <coughs> you know, I mean, I can or see at least I, I have to get one if I ask for it. Right. Like, so <coughs> when's the scene where they shake down Turk? <laughs> yeah, you know. At least this time, yeah, slight spoiler. At least this time, you know, they didn't beat him up. Yeah. But, well, no, they very rarely beat him up. They just threaten him really hard. Yeah, well, you know. The worst that Luke ever did was throw him in a dumpster that he then squeezed shut. Yeah. But, uh. He kind of it was an empty dumpster. <laughs> yeah. He kind of roughed him up a little bit. <coughs> um, anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, we, and we see the reli- we see the sort of evolution of Claire and uh, and and Luke's relationship. Yep. And we'll get to more on that in spoiler territory. Indeed, I feel like we we were kind of running out of non-spoiler things to say. It was a good season. I Ooh, felt that. The, I, I will say the main reason I liked it more than season one mm-hmm. was because I much preferred the villain. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I really liked Cornell. I liked, uh, I liked Cottonmouth. He was good. But then Diamondback just shows up halfway through season one, yeah. and he sucked. Yeah, he was, he was like... Cornell had this... And, and we see it in Mariah later on. Cornell had this level of constant threat going on. You never knew if he was going to cap your ass or not. Yeah, he was a good villain, but the problem was he wasn't the villain through the entire stretch. Yeah. The, the reason that season two is better than season one, in my opinion, mm-hmm. even though you kind of need to see season one before, for season two to make a lot of sense, Yeah. Um, is that we have a ver- we have two very good villains mm-hmm. and they are the villains throughout the entire piece yeah um, and we are introduced to new characters for instance Mariah's daughter mm-hmm. um, and uh, Matilda and her evolution mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah that, and, that's, uh, that's, that's spoiler yeah and, and I, want, I want to get to something later on and when we get into spoiler territory we get to meet Tilda Johnson we get to see you know kind of um, mm-hmm. and we get to see a lot more of the Stokes family background yeah uh, you know a lot of the yeah it just man so much and Harlem's Paradise actually becomes sort of a character. 
A little bit, yeah. Kind of like Serenity and Firefly. It becomes a bit of a character in the, you know, in the in the, the setting becomes equally important. I'm not sure I would go so far as to uh, as to uh, liken it to Serenity. I'd really more liken it to it, it becomes a MacGuffin more than anything else. Um. Yeah, it becomes kind of a MacGuffin. It's it, it it's like the throne of it's like the throne of swords. Yes, that's much more like what it is. <laughs> yeah, Serenity is very much a character. The throne of swords is more a thing that everyone fights over. Yeah, and, and where that ends up, man, that's just fucking amazing. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out in season three. Mm-hmm. But that's a that, that that's spoilers. So right. speaking of. There will be music, then there will be spoilers. So, back to uh, spoilers now. We have stamped our passports spoiler territory. Yep. Um, although one thing that I didn't mention here, but that uh, in non-spoilers that I could also mention here is the reason, by the way, I've, I've worked out, Luke Cage, all the Luke Cages so far have been my favorite of the Netflix Marvel series. And the reason for that, more than anything else, has been the music. Yeah, Luke Cage has by far... Luke Cage has the best music. And the music is almost a character in and of itself as well. Well, It's because Harlem, you know... Because it's Harlem. Yeah, it's It's because because Harlem. Because Harlem Harlem is a character. Yes. Harlem is is like the fairy princess in most... Mm -hmm. It is to be defended, revered, you know, it is the homeland... Uh, it is this. It's the birth of the culture in that whole area. Yeah, I mean, you've got a whole, and that's the thing about about the Luke Cage is it plays, it pays such um, now this, faithful tribute mm-hmm. to the culture that came out of Harlem. Now this is the first. Um, this is the first Luke Cage season to have to have uh, actively traveled to other boroughs, though. This is true. because the Jamaicans primarily act out of Brooklyn. Yeah, and 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 then he also has to go to talk to the Italians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that talk with the Italians. <laughs> well, the funny thing about Luke Cage, this is the other thing is, is everyone that, hits on him. Well, everyone, well, of course, man, he's, he's a tall, muscular black man. Come on, <laughs> you know, I, I might even be, you know, my culture, and, you know, I'm going, I. But like the Italian mob boss lady was like, could make you a nice tall. I could make you a nice strong glass of espresso, which has been you know coffee has been the the shorthand for sex for a while. The euphemism for you know let's have sex exactly, and it's like Aaron's like you know let's this time let's do this over coffee. He says you know and he says I I remember was but you know you just haven't had the right espresso. I was just like. Okay. <laughs> everybody wants Luke Cage's D. Uh, yeah, everybody. Everybody wants to buy Luke Cage coffee. <laughs> so, 
Best character, still Shades. Still Shades, yeah. Shades, God. Shades, like, who, who the hell plays him? Because he's Theo really Rossi. good. He is really good. Theo Rossi plays him. <laughs> he is a good actor. He really is. Or at least oh. he was perfect. Ca- like, I haven't seen him in anything else, so I don't know. Maybe he sucks in everything else. Yeah. But he was perfect casting for Shades. Well, yeah, and the thing about Shades is, I mean, Shades all the way through. And this is why he survives as long as he does. Why he survives when people around him die left, right, and sideways is he has that code. He does not step from it. And he's also incredibly pragmatic. Oh yeah, he's extremely pragmatic and he, he his head's on a swivel. You yeah. gotta, and you gotta point out once again if a Stokes had just damn listened to Shades, Shades, then the plot would not have happened. Yeah, no. Again. Yeah, if you listen, listen to the motherfucker because he knows what he's talking about. He's like, we could have, he's like, all we needed to do was sell that one goddamn painting. Bagasi, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, but, okay, now I get why she wouldn't sell it, okay? But, you know, and her wanting to go legit. But that's, you know, I'm like, no, dude, you know, girl, you stepped into the life, like he pointed out. Mm-hmm. You stepped into that life. And then you sold off all your guns. Yeah, and then you then you tried to step out of it. No, you don't just do all that at once. Especially, you know, with, with, uh, with someone like the fucking Piranha. Oh, my God. He was fun. He was fun, but, you know, because he was like... He, he was always, he, that perennial grin, and, you know, it's like, hey, I got something great here going on. Well, he you was know. hustling. Yeah, he's got, he always had the hustle, which I respected about him. But here's the thing. With guys like the Piranha, he's got that name for a reason. Mm-hmm. He will eat your ass. And then he gets fed to Piranhas. Yeah, well, his head gets fed to Piranhas because, you know... Because Bushmaster has this thing with cutting off people's heads. Well, yeah, that, and he and he didn't listen to Cage. He did not listen to Luke. He told yeah, him all, so many problems come with just not listening to someone smarter than you who actually no. is giving, yeah, and, and who cares, too. Like, yeah, that was the thing, is, you know, and I loved that we first, we get the first hints of the hero for hire out of this one. Yeah. You know? But Piranha was Piranha was that mix of fun but totally despicable. You know, he hires Luke for the party, and then expects him to be a, like a pony. You know, yeah. Expects him to do tricks. No, here, get shot for me. Yeah, Doesn't expects that he's gonna shoot him on stage. And when Luke tells him no, you know, you could hurt somebody. Nah, man, why are you fucking with my fun? You know, it's That's, like yeah. Uh, you know, I was just like, dude, the man has a point. You know, yeah, of course, also bullets do bounce off, off of him. him. Exactly. The number of times that other people that people have gotten shot by shooting Luke Cage and having them bounce back in their face. Yeah, no doubt. In fact, there's a couple a times where he actually angles himself so that the ricochet hits the <laughs> hits, hits the guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how he kind of moves into that, just like but, you know, yeah. But. Uh, but yeah, and, and we also uh, early on when he goes to the setup and they blow the, the truck up on him, and the guy uses the uh, the Judas round. 
And he just and, gets over it. Yeah, it, and it does not work. You know, it, it, play, it harks back to what they did in season one, towards the end, when they put him in the, uh, in the tank again. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, and that's actually uh, comic uh, correct too. At one mm-hmm. point, something hurt him, and and the only way to, to the only way to help him was to dump him back in that in the Power Man chemicals again, mm-hmm. and he came out stronger and tougher again. Ever. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the comics, Luke Cage has one handed picked up a semi, yep, and walked it down the street because it was easier than fixing the flat tire. Or that he lost the keys or some shit. He just like it's like, hey Luke, help me with a flat. Uh, I'll take you to a, I'll take you to a mechanic I know. Yeah, come with me. Oh, they were moving, and he just picks the truck up. You know, you know. I forgot the keys. So, um, but yeah, they played a, they played night nurse with when with uh, with uh, Claire with Claire, and then yeah. she moved out. Yeah, she kind of needed to. Yeah, because we all know Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. It's going to end up happening eventually, probably. Got it. Yeah. I mean, if you want to stick to the comics, at least, if you don't want to, if you, if you don't want to irritate the fanboys. Well, no, okay, because the thing is, is there's continuity in the comics, and there's where it goes. Um, and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones have always ended up together. And the thing is, is that. If they were worried about irritating the fanboys, they wouldn't have put him and Claire together to begin with. And if Luke Cage fanboys were that, you know... Yeah, well, that's the thing. Lacked that much chill. That's the other thing, really. Like, Daredevil and Punisher are pretty mainstream. Mm -hmm. But everyone else who's gotten a... uh, Who's shown up in the... In... Luke Cage? Well, no, in the, in the Netflix series. Kind of... Uh, it's obscure? Yeah, semi-obscure, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, and I grew up... Of course, I grew up reading Power Man and Iron Fist. Yeah. Um, you know, and... Well, the minute they did Luke Cage, they, need, they had to do Iron Fist as well. Exactly. Because it's, that means at some point, they can, make, they can make a season of Heroes for Hire. Yeah, which... And that would... Which would feature him, which would feature the Luke Cage, Danny Rand, Colleen Wing, and Misty Knight. <laughs> yeah. And that's a combination I really, you know... That'd be like, a good series. Yeah. Fuck the Defenders, man, because those four... You've got two badass martial artists, a detective cop with a, you know, with a bionic with a robot arm... arm. Yeah. That is very strong. That is very strong. And and you've got Luke fucking Cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. The, you know, the, no wonder they had to pair him with Jessica Jones and fucking Daredevil. Because in, in the Netflix universe... Luke Cage is definitely the most powerful of all of them. He is the most bulletproof. Jessica proved how strong she actually is. Remember, she one-handed an elevator... Is that in season one or season two? She did that in Defenders. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, she yeah. She held on to the one to the elevator in one arm and the and the, and the, and the cable on the other. But, yeah, yeah. She yeah, was, no, don't. Yeah, don't, take your time. It's not like this is heavy or anything. <laughs> right, right. Well, and, and Jessica does casual displays of strength. One of her best displays of strength in Defenders started off screen. When you hear and she throws, and she, and she throws a uh, or basically shoves 
a uh, a truck or a van through the front window of the Royal Dragon. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Basically, she's just like, you know, and it just goes skidding across the parking lot. But, you know, in the in the other things, a lot of just, that's one thing I loved about Defenders, and I'm glad they got such a good uh, mix in there. She just does, she just uses her strength so casually. It's like, I'm just going to pick this up, put it in front of the door. Or, or I'm just going to throw this fucking dumpster at you. It kicks the dumpster. <laughs> right? You know, or just, oh, we need to block this door. Hang on. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just like, the world is Legos to her. <laughs> and But this isn't Luke Cage. But, but here's the thing. In Luke Cage, we don't see a lot of that. Um, because his strength is very casual unless he's, you know, okay, against Bushmaster, he was... Now, there were three There were three fights with Bushmaster. Yep. The first one, he got sucker punched. Yep. You know, and that one was... But, and this is the other thing I like about Luke Cage. When he fought Bushmaster, he was better every time. Mm-hmm. And well, the first two times he got sucker punched because the first time Bushmaster just came up and up and Shoryuken in his face and yeah, <laughs> but then he still got up and fought. Yeah, and and then Bushmaster did some. That was one thing that kind of bothered me. It really looked like um, it really looked like Bushmaster was uh, was doing uh, Capiata, which is Brazilian, not Jamaican. Um, but uh, I think he was using a Jamaican martial art. Because uh, there's a Jamaican, uh, but the, I think it's Screamer. Okay. It uh, looked a lot like Capoeira to me. Right, but, but I think Jamaican uses a lot of the same as Capoeira. Um, That's fair. But, yeah, because Bushmaster starts off as a, as a martial artist, um, and, yeah, he sucker-punched Luke. He's and, only pseudo-bulletproof. Right, yeah, because he just has to heal that shit. Um but Bullets he, don't bounce off of them; they just kind of stick in, in the upper layer of flesh. Yeah, they just kind of stick. You know, uh, it's like, but uh, he's not quite as tough. But yeah, still, Luke made a made a good showing. You know, of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, in the second one, the second fight on the bridge, he cheats with the paralytic. Like, yeah. Well, shit, I can't win this. Okay, dust in the eyes. <laughs> ah, you can't move now. Yeah, and. and that was a good fight because, I mean, well, okay, it was a little stereotypical. We're gonna meet here at high noon, you know. I was like, dude, come on. But it's a comic film, and I will, I will grant it that. I will give it that, you know, because I'm gonna say we're gonna be here at high noon, and it's gonna be deserted. Right. But comic moves at the speed of plot. But the whole confrontation between them was as much mental mm-hmm. as it was physical. Because oh shit, sorry, hmm. we didn't mention a really great uh, character and actor. Which one? Luke's dad. Oh my god, yes. And unfortunately, the actor Reggie died. Kathy. Like yes. very closely, very soon after the after yeah uh, after shooting, she wrapped up. Oh my god. Yeah, and he was great. And this is the only person who physically, just with his voice alone, I can see stopping Mike Coulter in his tracks, yeah. much less Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Cuz Reg Cathy, oh my 
God, that man had a voice. I wish I, I can't even. I wouldn't even try to do an impression of him. He's got that really strong, really rich, black man baritone. Is really the best way I can describe it. Oh yeah, I mean that. I mean it is. Yeah, that just that baritone of his just like. You can tell he was made to be a preacher. That character was yeah. such a good preacher. I'd be going, yeah, I'm going to go back to Christianity. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, the thing was, he, he just wanted to tell his son that he was sorry because he had made many mistakes. Yeah, and and that, I think... I mean, they and you see where Luke Cage gets his, his bullheadedness from. Yeah. But, you know, and, and, and it, it took a moment of crisis. Yep. You know, where, you know, Dad had to see, oh, this is what you deal with. Mm-hmm. But Luke also had to see, and my favorite part, when he came into the church and they were shooting, and Luke is beating everybody up, and he looks around, his dad's not around, and he finds him beating the crap out of, out of a guy because he shot his boy. <laughs> you know, it's like dad. Dad, the bullets fell off. Hell, he still shot you. <laughs> they shot my baby boy. <laughs> you know, I'm just going. It's just, and you can see that look in in Luke's. It's like, oh, I mean, it's just to him. It wasn't that they could hurt him. It was that they tried. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is like the, the, you do not harm someone. You do not even attempt to harm someone that he. You know that in, in his family. Yep, and you know, and then that whole thing after that in the uh, God the one the the thing in, in the, the Rand building. building, yes, God, that was a pivotal episode. That was, I mean, they crammed so much into certain episodes because we haven't even gotten to the Danny Rand episode. Yep, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, Such a good episode. It was, but it's I the mean, only episode I re I, I specifically just rewatched the Danny Rand episode. Yeah. Like, because we see we see Luke and his father kind of reconcile there. Yep. We see Mariah turn her true <coughs> colors. Mm-hmm. First with Matilda, and second during the fight. When she gets a hold of the shotgun and just starts fucking fucking up people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I mean, she goes all rambet on the you know. Rambet. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like. Bam! She was firing from the hip the whole time too. Yeah, it was just yeah. yeah, That's that's one way to miss all the time. Not with a shotgun. (laughs) That depends on the shotgun. But you know, but the thing was is that, but also though, for her size and the gun she was using, that's the only way she could have fired it. That's true. That was a monster (laughs) of gun. It was a monster of a gun. It was twelve gauge at least. They were they had to be using three inch shells. Just based on the way the, everybody they hit got thrown around. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. Oh, and I loved, speaking of shotguns, I love the multi-barrel shotgun. Yeah, the, six, the six-barrel <laughs> shotgun. That knocks Luke Cage out a window. Yep. <laughs> you know? I was just like, oh my god. And, and didn't it make him... No, like it popped his shoulder out of When out he out hits it, yeah. yeah. Not, popped, knocked his shoulder out, and, and yeah. And... I love the, you know, not everybody's... What was the movie that they referenced? Uh, um, uh, Lethal Weapon. Where Mel Gibson pops his shoulder back in the socket with the, against the car. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like... Cause, and Claire does it just with a slight twist. It pop, you know. 
I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, she's the weapon thing doesn't really work for oh, well, it's very exactly, well does. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, but yeah, we see Mariah first of all unload on on Tilda, mm-hmm. which I loved that. That was not a, a twist in my mind. It's no, like no, no, Tilda is definitely the so, the daughter of what's his name of uh, who raped her. <laughs> yeah, Uncle uh, was Uncle. Sure. Yeah, uh, that one Uncle guy. Pete. Uncle Pete. Yeah, she would. Well, yeah. Tilda becomes a Stokes in woo, um, Kiss the Spider. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, but that's where she starts down that road uh, yeah. because Mariah tells her, you know, I wanted to love you, but you know, you every time I look at you, I see him, and it's like, you want to make a supervillain because you just did, <laughs> you know. And she knows how to do holistic medicine. Right? Yeah, that's, you that's just problematic. You just, you just pissed off a doctor with extensive knowledge of herbalism. Of herbalism. Yeah, your world. Your uh, I can buy finding a way to make some sort of poison that kills people when you kiss them. Yes. Yeah. Over over twenty eight over twenty four hours later. Yeah. And, and, and yes, it was the kiss of the spider. Yeah. And well, I know Aranya. It's one of the few Spanish words I know. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing it's is, fun is to that say. early on, um, when right after it came out, they talk about, oh, you know, they call her name's Tilda Dillard, and they're making her, they're turning her into Nightshade, whose real name in the comic was actually Tilda Johnson, blah, blah, blah. You obviously did not watch up until the last episode. Yeah. When she goes, Johnson, my name is Tilda Johnson. The last Stokes is like on that slab. Yep. And she actually sports the nightshade hairdo at the club in uh, at the end. Actually, most of the costume, I think. Yeah. I liked how uh, at the end when Luke ends up with um, with. Harlem's Paradise. Yeah, he's in a yellow um, suit. That's very. It was very much like the color scheme was very much like old school Power Man. You mm-hmm. know, he's always had a yellow uh, color motif. Yeah, but like it very was like yeah, that's that's yeah, and, and that that whole like I said going back to that one episode, we see we see Tilda got start, start down the road to Nightshade. We see Mariah turn into Black Mariah and then die. Well, no, in that episode she doesn't die. Oh. But but in that one episode we turn we see her go full Black Mariah. Yep. And everything after that. Oh, yeah, even Shades is going, What the fuck are you doing, woman? Yeah, it's like, like Yeah, well that was why he flipped on her. It's like, I can't work for th- She yeah. is crazy. Yeah, and, and that's the that's She the literally thing. set a dude on fire to prove a point. Right? <laughs> Killed an entire diner full of people and set a dude on fire just to get one other guy out. Yeah. To piss someone off, and it that, worked! Yeah, and then, surprise, it worked. Um, but, yeah, the and the thing about it was is that... And this, this comes back to Shades and his code. There's, there's shit you don't do. One thing you don't do, you don't rat, which is why he killed Comanche. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he ratted... But, he, well, the thing is, is he, he didn't rat, he turned. Because he had to, you know. 
he had to get Mariah off the streets because there, again, she was going against the code. You don't rat on people who are following the code. Yeah. Um, and and that's the thing is, is Mariah went so far outside, it wasn't ratting in, in, in his eyes at that point, uh, the way I see it. Because um, he, 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 he implicated himself as well, and that came back to bite him. Yep. Well, yeah. Your agreement was was contingent on Mariah, like Mariah's being conviction. yeah getting convicted. Instead, she got she got killed in lockup, which means your uh, your confession is now just a confession. You're under arrest. Here's the beauty of that, because Shades is too good a character to just throw away. Mm-hmm. And you know he's, he's like everybody knows I'm you know I'm useless on the streets because. Gotta look. And Theo Rossi's voice as Shades is just like, because he's slightly twisted, you know. He's like, um, but he, you know, he was like, um, what's that? Where's it going with that? Um, thing is, is, with that character, he's too good, and with that, all of that, everything, his entire past, mm-hmm. he's gonna get charged for all of that. If he gets off on a technicality, and in the Marvel universe, he will. Yeah, he'll get off on a technicality. He's too good a character not get out of, uh, to 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 be locked up. That's double jeopardy on everything he's done done up till then. Yep, <laughs> because he told the whole story. Exactly, that's double jeopardy on everything he's done up till then, and on everybody that he that he told on, yeah. which makes all of that information about useless. Yeah, um, I like I liked uh, I liked sugar in that in that thing. The oh driver. yeah, the driver. Yeah, sugar. Oh my yeah. god. And, and what are you like Uber for bad guys? <laughs> Uber for bad guys. Yeah. Well, and and there there was a really cool moment where we see the last glimmers of Mariah's humanity mm-hmm. when she's cleaning house. Yeah, I'm killing everyone who worked for for Paramount Paradise except, except sugar. sugar. His wife gave me clothes. <laughs> yeah, and I remember, and, and uh, you know, it was just, I always remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the only reason he survived is because Mariah liked you. Yeah, did something because nice Sugar for said, "My wife, my wife's about your size. I can get you some clothes." <laughs> yeah, I just like, and, and that's I think one of the other things about uh, the whole there is even in the villains there is a, there's a shred of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because Mariah was trying to go legit, you know, and she could have done it. She just sold the damn painting instead of the guns, right? Exactly. Well, she could have done it if she just kind of phased out. I mean, but you know, either way, uh, yeah. And I liked that. Um, you know, they even after they sold the guns. Mm-hmm. Shades has this cache of weapons. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hidden hidden in like what looks like a utility box, right? You know, is as just you know, it's like never sell all your shit. Yeah. You know, because again, he's following his code. Yeah, and, and first rule, man. Yeah. That's the first rule. You don't sell the best. You don't, don't sell, sell your best stuff. Right. You know. So, and that's the thing is, is if anybody's gonna come back and run Harlem's crime side. It's got to be Shades. Yeah. Because he is the one guy in that whole thing. If I was in, if I was in Luke Cage's situation, I'd be going, 
I got to get shades out. I got to get shades out so that he can run the crime side. Well, Luke doesn't want the crime to happen at all. But by the end of it, he's made that deal with three different devils. Yeah, but his deal was you stay away from Harlem. Right. I mean, the, yeah. There's the there's the wall around the wall. You know, the Harlem wall that he yeah the lockbox. Yeah, and and I love how Mariah basically says, "You need me out on the streets," because without me, of course, she's the one causing all the chaos. But it, you know, it does show how deeply built that whole thing is. Yep. But so I mean, I like how he puts up how there the the. The picture on the wall keeps changing. It's Biggie, then it's that one thing that was kind of weird and looked yeah. interesting. Then it was Biggie again for a little bit, and then it was Muhammad Ali. Yeah, and it, it changes when, with who's in charge. Yep. The reason it was Biggie again was because Mariah was because of Black Mariah. Yeah. Yeah, because it was, and that's what, the, what they call the Basquiat. That was the that was the painting. The Basquiat was the weird painting. Really? Not not Biggie. Not Biggie. No. Oh, okay. I thought that was that, that was the, the Basquiat. No, the Basquiat was the was the weird one with the two with the two dudes with the with the crowns floating floating above them. Ah, uh, okay. Um. So yeah, and that was. Um, but yeah, it was Biggie when she became the Stokes. Yep. You know? And uh, I love how it's also it's like always the same two guys that come in and move the painting. Right. You, you like, know. Because oh, someone else is new in charge? Okay. What big-ass poster do you want now? <laughs> right? <laughs> but, uh... I mean, it, yeah. And, and the thing is, that's a $20 million painting. What the fuck? But, yeah, then it was, you know, Biggie when she became a Stokes again. When she, when she basically became Black Mariah. And then, yeah, I love that it was that he chose Muhammad Ali. It was just like, you know... And the, to me, one of the most heart-wrenching scenes was when he's talking about having, you know, built the wall around Harlem, and uh, the kid, uh, what was his name, uh, that was selling the merch and stuff? Uh, D.W. D.W., yeah, D.W. Um, D.W. You know, basically tells him, you can't be in the barbershop no more. Yeah. I took everything that I, I did, and I paid the rent. The barbershop is mine. And you know the barbershop is always Switzerland, but and if you're going to if you're going to boss crime boss if you're going to boss crime around, then you got to be a crime boss. Yeah, and, and the and this is the other thing that I just so admire about the character of Luke Cage is he looks at and he goes, "Fuck, you're right." Yeah, you're right. And when and when uh, uh, was it? Uh, uh, who was it that came in right after that to talk to? Him? Sugar, was it sugar? Yeah, because sugar became his capo. Yeah, and sugar comes in and he's, and he's like, "Yeah, we got we we need to talk about it, but not here." Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that was like, this is why Luke Cage is one of my favorite superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is because yeah, he has that integrity. Mm-hmm. He takes responsibility. Which is to me one of the primary things of being a hero, but is that integrity? But let's go to uh, Danny Rand. Danny Rand, episode ten. <laughs> oh been, my god! We've been dancing around the subject for a little bit. Oh yeah. So oh. Uh, our opinions were pretty were pretty well uh, aligned in that 
Iron Fist was okay. Yeah, uh, we, we, yeah. It was I, decidedly okay. Yeah, and, and a campaign. And it other... was a little bit better in Defenders. Yeah, and and you know this is where I came up with the term Iron Fist. Good. It would be good if you were comparing it to anything else. Yep. Compared to what it was, uh, you know, compared to its contemporaries. Oh my God, it sucked. Yeah. But. But then. He was in episode 11, 10, 12, 12, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. He showed up in one episode as and guest starring Danny Rand. Yeah, no shit. I mean, first of all, he got rid of that curly-ass mop. Yeah. You know, and second... He's cleaned yeah, up a bit. He's cleaned up a bit, and he's centered. Yep. I mean, he walks in, and I love how, he enter- how his entrance is. First thing we see is his feet. Yep. Walks in. And takes he takes sh- off his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and I think that there was some symbols in that because that is Luke Cage's dojo. Mm-hmm. You know, so he t- walks in, takes off his shoes, um, and then is just like, yeah, I'm centered, I'm calm, I'm good. Because he's found purpose. Yeah. After Defenders. You know. by, by being Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's, you know, that's where it goes. And... Um, you know, spoilers he, for Defenders. Yeah, he's Daredevil. Uh, he's yeah. Spoilers for the last part, last episode of Defenders, which like, that was a great for like scene. the after credit scene. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Was a once you see that you see that figure in the dark. It's like, it, oh wow, no, that's not Daredevil. Well, the thing he was in the Daredevil costume. I thought he was. I could have sworn no, he was. Fist glows and we see him. Uh, okay, he was in the Daredevil pose. Ah, uh, that was what it was. Yeah, it, it, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's found a purpose, and I, I love that he takes him up high, you yep. know, because you can see everything, you know, uh, and, and just so many little bits of that episode that when yeah. you put them all together, make it even better. But I, I don't have the skill to do and that. And then it just starts fighting Luke Cage. Is like, why? Because we're fighting now, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but it was, and you see how they, their their fighting style works together. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh man, when they went out when when they went after the grow house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. because uh, it was like, you know, oh people are shooting, get behind Luke. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well that was the thing that I really loved about um in Defenders in uh-huh. episode four when they had the big hallway fight. Yeah. Um when Luke shows up, like, they're actually that, that was the thing that I've always liked about Iron Fist and Luke together. Is they have always had in instant uh, fight chemistry. Yeah, exactly. Like Luke shows up, Kaiser show up with automatic weapons a split second later, and what does Danny do? He hides behind Luke. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is Luke, well, Luke assumes the you know. Yeah, Luke stands be, and, and Danny's like, okay, yeah, right, and gets right up behind him. Yeah, because and that's the thing is, is, is Luke and the. Uh, there, was, there was something about the chemistry of that too, because Luke does the come at me pose with the arms spread, because mm-hmm. he could just stand there, which he, ha- he has done, but he just—it's like he's trying to cover as much area as he possibly can. Yeah. And Danny gets up behind him and and basically, you know, is like in fight mode. You can see because he's—you can see. It's not like he's cowering. No, no. He's waiting. <laughs> yeah, he's got his shoulder. He's got his, his elbows in, his fists up. Right. His, his shoulders hunched a little bit, you know, protecting the, the core. Right. You know, <laughs> waiting for the guns to stop shooting. You know. Okay. And, and, 
Yeah. My turn. <laughs> My turn. Yeah. Now it's me. Um, and he does the same thing in the in the in the grow house. Yep. You know they go come fighting. He comes up behind him. You know, guns stop and out he goes. And I love how that whole thing goes. Is that Luke's just basically walking around. You know, slap, slap, slap. Yeah, Luke rarely closes a fist. Yeah, I mean, Luke's walking around slapping people down and shit like that. Danny is like is like an electron to Luke's uh, nucleus, and doing nearly as much damage too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then of course they uh, they play patty cake. Yeah, which was awesome. <laughs> just patty cake. What? You know, hit, hit, your hand. Hand. hit your hand with, my, with your fist. Yeah, it's like you know what that'll do to you. I'm ready for it this time. Boom! Yeah, it just nice wipes out a whole room. And then yep. two guys, two guys think they got the drop on him. And then, they th- <laughs> and then he fastball specials him. Yeah, just grabs Danny and throws him. <laughs> Doesn't say a word. It's just yep. like they exchange a look and know what they need to do. Flings him and he does that side punch kick. I mean, yeah. just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, they, well, Iron Fist has never really been deficient on fight choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that that they that that's not surprising, but what really blew me away was how well, how much better written yeah. Danny was in yeah. in this episode. Well, and I loved how they opened the the entrance to the grow house. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Luke who knocked that door down. No, it was, it was Danny, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> and that door didn't just get knocked down; it exploded. It, it stopped being there, <laughs> yeah, and it exploded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was, like, and at the end, it's like we have to set it on fire. Uh, don't worry, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm just building. I, yeah, I, I, I just got ran to buy this building, and I don't think I'm going to press charges against myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even yeah. though he stopped running the day to day and stopped relying on the money, yeah. he has at least acknowledged the fact that, oh yeah, I I have well and, and I and, have all this money and power. Yeah, well, and, and I think that was part of that episode too. That mm-hmm. was that was Danny finally coming to be like, yeah, I do have money and power. I do have this. I need to use it. Yeah, you know, and he comes to terms with it, and and mm-hmm. as, as opposed to them ending that with you know with Luke saying you still haven't figured it out and shit. You know. And then they go and eat at Genghis Khan's. Genghis Khan's, that was great. Yeah. Uh, Genghis Khan's 2. Yep. Because um, the first one got blown up with a rocket launcher. Right? <laughs> but, yeah, and then Danny's saying, he was like, yeah, you know, you're right. I do have money. And, and you know, I do have power. And I might as well use it. Yep. You know? Um, and but yeah, just Danny Rand in that whole episode was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we simplified what the character could have been from the damn beginning, but then wasn't. It had to grow into, evidently. Yeah. So I hope we continue to see that Danny Rand. Yeah. Who is, hey, I have power, I have money, but you know what? I also have the Iron Fist. Yep. You know, and not once did he tell anybody he was the immortal Iron Fist. No, Luke did. Exactly, <laughs> which I think was he did exception. start to tell the the dragon story there. Yeah, and I love how how he kind of corners Luke on that. Is like, look, you have bulletproof skin. You've seen my fist. Why is it so difficult? You've seen what's below New York. Why is it so difficult for you to believe in a, that a dragon? You know, in a dragon. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think you know kind of sets up that whole Daniel Ma, um, but. Wow, because um, we, we get to Tilda too. Because Tilda turns into a Stokes before she kills Mom. Yep. 
because she turned, she basically unleashed, um, uh, unleashed um, Bushmaster. Bushmaster on her. To, got him in, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, I don't want to go up against that woman. But I love Mariah's last, last shot across the bow. Because after she kissed her and left, she says she called. She didn't call me mommy. She called me mother. Mm-hmm. She was lying the whole time. Yes, I need you to make some changes. Yeah, and and she doesn't give her paradise. The paradise she gives her the the keyboard. The keyboard. And that's it. Which uh, I love that she actually sits down and in that little soliloquy when she's playing. In Harlem's Paradise. Yep. She tells her to go to Harlem's Paradise, look around. Um, but I love that she leaves it to Luke because even, even from a distance, she's still messing with him. Yep. She intends it to be a cage for him. Yep. And she intends for it to turn him into her. And I, and there, I don't know about you, but for me, the moment at the end of the episode... When he's sitting at the desk, and you know, and it's, and the camera is closing in on him, and just kind of looks up, you know, looks at the camera, and I'm just like, it is very ominous. Yeah, it is. It's like shit, you know. You just you just gave a man with a conscience, not just a black man with a conscience, but a man with a conscience, mm-hmm. uh, or actually not just a man with a conscience, but a black man with a conscience. Mm-hmm. The Keys to the kingdom. Yep. And he's already proven to the other crime lords that you don't fuck with me. Yep. You come to me to, you know, to get permission. Yep. <laughs> you know. Um, and, and even Shades, even Shades was astounded at Mariah's, uh, you know, audacity going to the drugs. Yeah, it's like, drugs? Really? Yeah. So one thing Mama Mabel never did. Right. Drugs. Yeah, and, you know, uh, even, I don't think even the Mafia, well, the Mafia got into drugs later on in real life. Mm-hmm. But they tended to avoid drugs at first. Yeah, Mafia pr- primarily dealt in weapons and, in weapons, liquor, mm-hmm. and... Um, like graft and, and, yeah. uh, and financial crime. Yeah. They ran numbers, they, you know... Yeah, gambling. Gambling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, weapons, liquor, and gambling. Those were the big. Those are the big mob pulls because they were respectable crime to a certain Ex- extent. Exactly, exactly. And even the Italians didn't even get into the drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least for a while. Yeah. And the uh, okay, so the, the was it the Costa Ricans, the furniture guy. He did. He handled smuggling, right? Um, or was he? Or was he delivered her guns? Yeah, he, he was. A, he was the. He was the gun seller. Yeah, Merlin. I think he said he was. I think, think that was what he called himself. Yeah. And but then they, you know, then they, then they blew him up and shot him with a with a bullet with a Judas bullet. It's like, yeah, that that didn't work. Right, and and then, I, and then you know he has he did the stupid thing of basically threatening to go to the cops with shades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, 
bullet to the head. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, what, what do you not understand about the national no snitching policy? Exactly. You stitches know. get stitches. Yeah. At work, at least. Yeah, stitches get bullets. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Of course, I, I loved how they also addressed um, the whole idea of how Pop's place, even Shades, was like, no, man, Pop's place is, you know, it's fucking Switzerland. You know, you didn't mess with that. I got there too late. You know? Mm-hmm. Even Shades was Mia culpa in that shit. Yeah, you no, know, he... I mean, he did in the first season, too. He's like, I didn't realize what he was doing. I, I, I like, he was like, I told him, I, I asked him what he was doing. Yeah. And then he just started, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you see it in his face, too. And you, when he does, he's like, what have you done? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. I mean, it's, and again, it's people who don't listen to Shade. End up dead. Yeah. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> and this is why Luke Cage has proven this pretty smart, because... Well, he said, I never want to see you again to Shades. He listened to him. Yes. <laughs> yes, he went and did what he told me to do. You know? Yeah, and it's just like, Luke Cage is smart enough to listen to him, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. If he I realizes was, that Luke, that Shades knows his shit. Yeah, and Shades knows the code. He knows how to be a successful criminal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if I, was a, if I was a criminal warlord and I wanted to take over all the crime in Harlem... First thing I'd do is get Shades off on that, uh, on that. you know. I was the kingpin. Mm-hmm. First thing, Shades, make sure he gets out of that. Yeah, you get, you get him, uh, you, you get him Ben Johnson or whatever the lawyer's name was. and Yeah, no, you get him fucking uh, uh, Hogarth. Fuck yeah. <laughs> you get Hogarth. You get him, or, or you get him Foggy at the very least. Yeah, you get him Foggy at the very least. You get Hogarth all in on that shit. Because she will run rings about around Johnson. That's true. You know, if for no other reason because she's better connected. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or she will she will she will sick Foggy on him because Foggy is a damn good lawyer. Yeah, Foggy is proven to be one of the best lawyers in the in the in, in the established universe. Yeah, the only one who holds a candle to him, again, is Hogarth, but she uses influence, mm-hmm. or Matt. Yeah, Matt's always been good. The problem is he, he got, you know, distracted by his night job. Yeah, his focus is not is not on being a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I would get I would get Foggy, Hogarth, or Murdoch on him. Well, Murdoch's dead at the moment. True. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> Murdoch is rumored to be dead. I love the way I. Uh, the, the best part of, of of saying that is that it it makes perfect comic sense. Yeah, he's at dead the at the moment. At the moment, yes. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that, that's that's things you don't say in any other pod, you know, any other type of podcast. Well, Matt Murdoch's dead at the moment. Um, like that's just he'll get over. He's dead. It's you know, it's just a temporary thing. He's got a well. You know, you're familiar with the old saying, right? It was only Marvel dead. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> the old saying, um, which is ironically been uh, been counter has been now overridden twice. Was no one in comic books stays dead except for uh, except for Jason Todd. Bucky and Uncle Ben. At this point, both Jason Todd and, and Bucky have come back to life. And Captain Marvel. 
Well, I've never uh, the original Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, who died of cancer? Mm-hmm. He has stayed dead. That's true. But the saying has always been: no yeah. one in comics stays dead forever, except Jason Todd, Bucky, and Uncle Ben. Yeah. The funny part about that is both Bucky and Jason Todd have come back to life yeah. since that say, uh, saying became yeah. common parlance. Well, yeah, and Marvel Dead is a thing. Yeah, it's like adulting is a verb now. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, and uh, what was I thinking? Um, why was I thinking that? But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, we were talking about. I, yeah, I bring shades in, and I would put somebody down there. Who listened to Shades? Because Shades doesn't run things. He advises people to do yeah. the right things. If you listen to Shades, you will A, thrive, and B, survive! <laughs> yep. You know, so yeah, it's like, listen, you're going to be a figurehead. You're going to get all the power, all the trappings, all the fun stuff. All you have to do is one thing. Listen to Shades. Everything Shades says. <laughs> yeah, you only have to do one thing and one thing only. Sure, what's that? Everything Shades says. Shades tells you to do Shades tells you to jump. You ask how high, which direction, and when. <laughs> and how often. Yeah, well and, and the reason and the reason you can you can say that is because Shades never gives advice that isn't warranted too. This is true. He never, I mean, never once has he, you know, has he given advice that has gone bad. You know. <laughs> that was kind of cool. That's not supposed to happen. I uh, figured it would. Um, so, you know, uh, sorry, Neil's playing with a... Uh, I'm playing with a, tool, with a cap gun. And it's a, it's a, it's a break-open uh, action revolver. But the cylinder comes out entirely. So when he tries to snap it back up, the cylinder goes bing! <laughs> Once again, something that would, make, that would make more sense in video if we ever got a chance to transition to video. This is true. Um, so anyways, um, yeah, Shades, always good advice. Um, and here's the thing. Here's the person I think is going to get Shades. Who's going to inherit Shades. It's going to be Tilda. Because rumor is she is the villain for season three. Hmm. Now... She is one that Luke Cage cannot come at with his strength. She will always come at you sideways. Yep. Because her thing is poison. Poison isn't always a fun uh, thing to have to fight. Yeah, because she's biochemical. She's not going to come at him with brute force. She knows better. She's a doctor. Yep. She's smart. And if she wants... Because Shay's been going... You know, Shades be going, it's like, uh, you're going to have to become Stokes again. <laughs> you know, so that if you, you know, don't kill Luke Cage, just get him to die temporarily. <laughs> so that you can, as the only living relative of Mariah Stokes, inherit the bar. You know, inherit the club. You know, just some shit like that. Yeah. You know. Um, because Shades, yeah, Shades is going to go to prison. Or at least they're going to go to jail for a little while. He's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to shank somebody. Um, you know, just to, just to prove you don't fuck with him. Because he already, you know, um, he already... Jeez, that scene with Mariah. Which one? Taking the razor, the razor and... 
Oh, would she just basically, yeah, slit the chick's throat? Yeah. Yeah. When she gets... When she gets... When someone attempts to turn her into into a prison bitch and is like, Yeah, no. You're mine. Yeah. Yeah, let me see that. Yeah, gets her to hand over her own blade. Yeah. You know, and then and then slits her throat with it. Yeah. It's like, no, you never give somebody your weapon. Especially not inside. Yeah, no, yeah, especially not someone who, you know, when you're in arm's reach. Yep. Ah, uh, well, we were running out of time. Um, yeah, I think we've covered most everything. Yeah, this. I it, mean, was, it was a good season. I do really think it was probably better than the first season, but also depends on the first season for enjoyment. Yeah. Uh, this is not something... I mean, it you feels. Can, yeah. I mean, yes, that, that gives you a season one recap that's like ten, that's like five, ten minutes long, which, but it spreads is, it out. Yeah, it doesn't do it all at once. Well, no, no, like when you first fire it up. Oh yeah, there is actually a recap. A, a in case you haven't watched season one in a while, here's what happened. Yeah, the problem is it, even that is still dependent on you having watched season one that's yeah, just a, it's a oh reminder. yeah that and that and that and that and that okay yeah, it's a reminder not to recap yep but yeah and Luke Cage has always had some great characters all of those characters and again it comes out to it first oh yeah one last thing I'm glad Bushmaster survives yeah he's never going to be a threat again but he survives well in theory he's not likely to be a threat again yeah so yeah, it's just one of those things of yeah. Seeing as he now needs low doses doses of a steroid to live, yeah. But you know, Marvel Universe, true. <laughs> you know. That happened to Bane for a while too. So right. So you know, and, and I like you know like the thing is like you know, it's too bad he got to the top of the hill. You know now he can't enjoy the view. Mm-hmm. But it makes him it makes him a sympathetic character. Yeah. Because all the way through, yeah, he got shafted by the Stokes. They burned his mother alive. You know and. You know, Mama Mabel walks by and says, Sorry about your mom, kid. You know, and throws the, you know, because she was trying to get, they screwed them over. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, he had, he had true motivation. You know? Yeah, he had, he had a, a decent case for revenge. Yeah, and if the thing is, is if he had gone about it a different way, he could have been a hero. Yes, he could have. You know? But instead, he went around cutting people's heads off. Right. You know, but he wasn't he wasn't all that different from Luke. He was trying to bring down Mariah. He was just doing it in a very hideous way. <laughs> yep. So anyways. That was a good, it was a good shoot season. Uh, next week, Mike will also not be here because he's going to go see Hall & Oates. Damn him. Bastard. <laughs> Love uh, you, Mike. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I, I envy him. Yeah. Hall & Oates is a great... Is, is, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, do we know what we're gonna do next week? Because I um, have an idea. We don't have any official plans. We'll discuss the idea off the air. Okay. Um, so that way, if that doesn't end up panning out, we haven't promised anything. Or that way, whatever pans out. Yeah, that was what I were talking about. Exactly. Yeah, that, 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 that's what we'll do. In the meantime, though, this has been Neil and the one true man, and we will talk to you next week on Geek Anthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by a period and the number 53. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. Interstitial this week was Basewalker, also by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, 
please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. We read everything. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website, or a recurring one at Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. Things have been kind of rough on Neil at work lately, and it's been making it hard to get these episodes out on time. We apologize for our recent inconsistency and are working on a way to be better. Thank you for putting up with it in the meantime. <laughs>